0: A week eight Sunday in the books. And wow, what a debut for rookie quarterback Will Levis and the Titans in some beautiful Houston Oilers throwback uniforms, by the way. Four touchdowns and Kirk Cousins lost for the year. All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson.
1: NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout
0: Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. Elite breakdowns, next level analysis, and in depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Appreciate all the everydayers out there. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your. Podcasts and um man, I, I didn't see this coming. A, a lot of people really down on Will Levis and ready to write him off just because he fell out of the first round and some, some folks bad mouthing him before the draft, even and then he's third on the depth chart behind Malik Willis and obviously Ryan Tannehill, who um who he ended up replacing, and then comes out and throws four touchdowns, Matt, against the against the Atlanta Falcons in a Titans victory 28 28- 23 Will Levis, 238 yards, uh, just letting it fly, trusting DeAndre Hopkins to go pull the ball down. Um, and so I some of those throws out like his first touchdown pass. I, I don't know how many times that gets caught by an NFL receiver, but if you're gonna throw one of those 50-50 balls, and it was a 50-50 ball, it hung up there. He threw it late, <laughs> he's kind of giving a big, a big uh college uh pump fake and then throwing it deep and Little offensive pass interference. DeAndre Hopkins so good at that. Comes down with it for a touchdown. But I love the fearlessness. He came out chucking it. And he led his team to victory. So fantastic start for young Will Levis.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I didn't love him coming out of school. I never thought he was, you know, the sixth pick in the draft. But where you got him at the very top of the second round, it made all the sense in the world. There's obviously some ability there. Stuff to work with. Um, I do think that his aggression was really important here and a great sign. He was not bashful at all. He trusted an all time, great jump ball, 50, 50 receiver time and time again. And that worked out really well. Um, oh, last two too. Levis was really bad in the preseason from when I saw too, which is, I think well, another reason why people were down on him. Like, man, we didn't even see anything from that guy in the preseason. Who cares? Right. I mean, to be honest with you, who cares? But Hopkins, Henry, and an aggressive quarterback with a pretty good defense? Yeah, that makes this team pretty relevant. And I think you have to mention Atlanta, too. I know Ritter got banged up, but they didn't put him back in. I mean, their quarterback situation's a disaster. They played a lot of zone against Levis. I have a feeling they regret not being a little more aggressive with their play calling. They lost Grady Jarrett for the year during this this game as well. Um, London got hurt. Like, nothing's really going so well for Atlanta right now
0: looking at both of these teams, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if there was even a, a trade done between these two teams. I, I do want to put a pin in that for a second and mm-hmm. tie uh, the trade market in. And we'll, we'll be back post trade deadline on Tuesday's episode here to, to break down everything that happens at the trade deadline. I was half thinking that once I woke up this morning and, and we were ready to record our, our Monday morning pod, that maybe Ryan Tanhill was already wearing another uniform. Maybe the <laughs> Atlanta Falcons and his former OC is, is, is a place that he could end up. Um, and uh, I don't know what the long-term outlook is for, for Desmond Ritter there, both as, you know, injury and if, if there is belief in him in the building in Atlanta. Uh, Taylor Heineke finished the game. He did have a touchdown pass, but he was 12-21. and 21. Desmond Ritter was 8-12, 71 yards. Um, and Jonu Smith even attempted a pass in that game, uh, which was uh, could have been disastrous. But, uh, you know, Bijan, 11 carries for 82 yards in a, in a touchdown. You know, not high usage there for Bijan, but he did have a, a big play for them, but they weren't able to come back with the with all the uh, the fireworks with the with Will Levis chucking it around there. And obviously Derrick Henry with his 22 carries and 100 yards as well. And can I just ask you this question, too, before we go any further? I mean, the, I love seeing the old Houston Oilers. Oh, that was great. Is it nostalgic you know? for me with the Eagles last week and the Seattle Seahawks this week as well? has anybody improved on their uniforms since like 1990?
1: (laughs) That's great. Yeah. I mean, look at those old Oiler ones. I was like, man, that is awesome. Earl Campbell, that era. And I think a lot of it's just because the age you were when they were there. You know, like when I started to get into football, like, wow, this is amazing. And that's your first thought. And it's just always going to be ingrained in your brain. I'm not the uniform expert, but that is a great conversation. You know, it's not the way my mind works, but man, there were some great classics that why was it a good idea to go away from those, you know?
0: Yeah. And I asked the question on Twitter and I I couldn't, I I even expanded the question, not even to, to the NFL, but all pro sports, like who looks better with their uniforms post 1990 than pre 1990. And I couldn't really find anybody with any good, uh, examples and most of the examples were teams that went back to retro uniforms. Okay, <laughs> so, there you go. So, to the Last rope, yeah. like, at Peacock at Williamson NFL. Let us know in the YouTube comments who looks who has better uniforms now than whatever they are wearing basically when 1989 turned to 1990. Because I don't think there's very many at all. Uh, things really kind of went south throughout the 90s and those expansion teams tough for them because all the good colors were taken so everyone's like teal and <laughs> yeah,
1: right, right.
0: black in everywhere even where it didn't fit uh i think that's a lot of that is getting undone right now finally
1: I, i'm all ears i mean i hadn't thought of it in that light but i'd like to the eagles the oilers all those that was classic real quick on Tannehill: if you were the vikings would you be interested if i'm the falcons i'm definitely interested that's a weird situation though i mean i'm not sure you yeah. one of those
0: teams going anywhere you know absolutely so four and four falcons i think it's they're right where we thought they would be and it's going to be the yeah. same with the saints it's gonna be the same with the buccaneers and we'll find out which singular team gets out of the south much like last year and who knows if it's a, a, even a sub 500 team but the falcons you think oh, okay they look a little better and it's like okay well now they look a little worse and i think with the saints and the bucks it's been the same story with those teams all year long um And then there's another team in the South that got their first win. More on that later as well. And the Titans improved to three and four. Look, you figure out quarterback, it's a big deal for the Titans. I wonder if that affects if they would be willing to trade Derrick Henry or DeAndre Hopkins because how rough would that be for young Will Levis all of a sudden, okay, here's game number two. Guess what? You don't have your two best players anymore, so now have fun. Let's see how many touchdowns Yeah, right, right.
1: You're successful. Now try it without these two.
0: (laughs) Ha-ha, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but Ryan Tannehill seems like he would have to be available. Maybe the Atlanta Falcons could be a spot for him, but how about the Minnesota Vikings, Matt? And we're finding out now that we don't know the MRI conclusions quite yet, but usually when it's feared, that's what happens. And it's Kirk Cousins torn Achilles, which is going to put him out for the year for the Minnesota Vikings, which is a terrible blow for Cousins himself because he was playing so good and the Vikings uh, went on to win this football game against the green Bay Packers. 24 to 10 and don't look now, but the pack or the Vikings are hot and they're back to 500.
1: They're really impressive. I, I, I give great respect and kudos to that coaching staff. I think that they really know what they're doing. Both sides of the ball. Cousins was playing great in this game. He was playing great this season. And I started to look at it like, wow, you know, you're more than just treading water for while Justin Jefferson's out. And then he comes back. I think I said last week, This is a top seven NFC team. I mean, this is a playoff type team with cousins, of course, and Jefferson going forward. Now, I mean, Jaron Hall, with all due respect, I mean, can't look at it that way. I mean, so everything's so trade deadline centric with these conversations. Like all of a sudden, did you go from a buyer to a seller in one injury? I mean, maybe. Or do you go get Tannehill and try to see what you can do? Or if I were to trade for a quarterback, if I was Minnesota – Maybe an Andy Dalton, somebody like that. I mean, or a Brissett. I mean, maybe like somebody that has another year on their contract that you're not just renting this year. So you at least you have something in the cupboard for next year.
0: Colt McCoy on the street. Yeah, you know, right, right. That's not so bad. Veteran. You got, I mean, you have to bring a quarterback in because you lost one. Yeah. Yeah. So who's that gonna be? Uh, and, and you have to think of something quick. And luckily there's a there's a timer on it in the next 24 hours for uh, a little over 24 hours to get something figured out if you want to do the trade market thing. And I think if you're the Vikings, you're probably in a place where you believe that that selling and tanking is probably not a great way to go right now, mm-hmm. um, but you have to be, I think you have to be open to all of those ideas and depending on if someone meets your price, maybe that's the way to go too. So I think they're, they're having those conversations right now in Minnesota. What about, I mean, Trey Lance would have been perfect here for the Vikings I know. I know. Yep. He's from Minnesota uh, you know, Minnesota kid comes back home and and you would have an opportunity to evaluate him for half a year and you would have some upside there for him. And, you know, maybe he's the guy that sticks because you're not gonna be able to draft high enough to go get that guy at the top of the draft next year anyway. Uh, you know, maybe end up bringing Kirk Cousins back. I don't know. So there's there's a lot to decide and figure out here for a 500 team in the Minnesota Vikings who and people in the building are always leaning more towards going for it than not because they want to win. Right. They don't want to lose their jobs and they don't want to nobody's act. Very few teams are actually taking, usually it's management, not the coaching staff that's doing that part of it.
1: Yeah, and a team like Denver that we thought was tanking goes out and beats the Chiefs. You know, like, Uh I mean.
0: Yeah. All right. So, yeah, (laughs) we got that coming up. Uh, Joe Burrow looking great against the 49ers. Let's not let
1: the Packers off the hook, though. They're a disaster Uh right
0: now. I mean, the Packers just going in the wrong direction. I mean, Uh mean, basically the same story you've said about them in the last three weeks. I don't even know what to add to it right now.
1: I know. It's just worse and worse and worse. They're a tough watch right now. I mean, they. They pretty much stopped the Vikings rushing game and still got just dominated in time of possession. Like they can't well, do anything, they
0: haven't been able to roll the ball a year anyway. And it hasn't mattered, it's been so quarterback centric, which is why I don't, it's hard for me to see them even if they won't went and got Tannehill. Is that going to be close to what Kirk Cousins was doing and, and really keep yeah. them afloat? It, it's hard to envision them staying a, an above five or a 500 team, no matter what the options are at quarterback right now. Yeah, no, I'm with you. All right. Uh, Next, we got Burrow playing high-level football against the 49ers' defense. Uh, What's wrong with the 49ers? Uh, Three-game skid there. And how about the Denver Broncos knocking off the Chiefs? Everything we thought we knew about these teams a couple weeks ago. Out the window, Matt. Coming up next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our friends at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long, whether you're prepping for those DFS weekly matchups, or you're scouting the waiver wire every week. We're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed fits on your roster. So let's see if Vinny has picked out for us in this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. And uh, I think the rookies are the ones you got to highlight here. We talked about will Levis already four touchdowns. That would work out pretty well for a lot of fantasy teams out there. I think he's going to be a high waiver claim item this week, but in your DFS leagues, cause he's probably already owned, but if not, how about Bill's rookie tight end, Dalton Kincaid stepped into a big role with docs and Knox getting hurt and uh he's gotten hot now josh allen starting to look his way a little bit more getting in the end zone for the first time he should be someone who's really good in the red zone for josh allen and those buffalo bills so kincaid could uh get a really big uh splash and and really hit a home run for you in your fantasy leagues now if you're looking for that tight end and uh can be a position that it's tough to find big time playmakers in so vinnie iron from locked on fantasy football trying to help you win your fantasy championship and ebay motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And it's really the same with your vehicle, no matter what you drive with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your car or or truck is running smoothly at all times, brake kits, led headlights, roof rack bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. And I love how easy it is at eBay Motors. I've used other online uh, retailers before, and it's just really hard to figure out what your specific model is even. Even when you know what your car is, you're like, oh, there's all these other options. I don't even know which one to choose. eBay Motors makes it so easy. There's a huge green check mark, so I knew exactly the part I needed to get. It came uh, in in no time at all, saved a ton of money going through eBay Motors, and you can too. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's take a look at this uh, performance here from Joe Burrow and hmm. the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, speaking of a of a hot football team right now, you got to love the way the Cincinnati Bengals are playing football. And Joe Burrow through at, at one point he was I think he was twenty straight completions that he hit in this game he only had four incompletions at all against the 49ers defense that a couple weeks ago was the best defense in the nfl in a points per game and in a lot of other metrics Bengals put 31 points on him 31 17 win for the Bengals over the 49ers joe burrow 283 yards through three touchdown passes 28 of 32 passing and on the other side brock purdy um, really having a rough time coming off concussion protocol bumped his head in this game uh, didn't look right. I'm not going to put it all on the concussion stuff, but it's a really a nice time for a bye week for, for his dome and just for a regrouping for the San Francisco 49ers. Purdy was 22 of 31. He did throw for 365 yards because they were throwing from behind, which is something the Niners don't usually have to do. One touchdown pass, two interceptions, almost a third, but it got called back, but he ended up fumbling after that anyway. Uh, his QB rating was okay because he did make some plays and made some nice plays on the ground, scrambling as well, but it was really all Brock Purdy. The game was put on him, and he he made a, a few too many mistakes.
1: Yeah, on we'll start with the Bengals, they are back. They are a contender. Burrow is a star. He's back to being a top-five-type quarterback, in my opinion. Um, Chase is every bit as good. I mean, he's a elite player, too, that maybe doesn't get the – A.J. Brown, Tyreek Love this year, but certainly is in their stratosphere. Higgins is back. The uh, Browns or Bengals uh, defense is quite solid. They ran the ball well. A little concerned about your Niner run defense. Maybe you can, you know, shed some more light on that. But um, I bet people are thinking Williamson's going to say, aha, Purdy stinks. He turned into a pumpkin. I don't think that's really true watching the game. Like he made a lot of plays and this offense moved the ball quite well. One of my concerns about Purdy from last year, you know, when really look at him the off season was, I thought he was kind of lucky as a rookie in terms of throws that were questionable or maybe turnover worthy that he was just on the lucky side of getting away with those. And I think maybe, that's come home to roost a little bit for him. That that luck's kind of run out, but he still makes a lot of throws, a lot of plays, and I think he's probably going to get a lot of heat this week or over the bye week. You know, I, I have had Twitter questions. Do they regret trading Lance? You know, do they are they stuck without a quarterback? Should they go to Darnold? I'm like, no, he's just turned the ball over a couple of times. He got yeah. banged in the head. You know, I mean, he's so good
0: you can kind of watch the, the 49ers are kind of a Rorschach test right now. And and believe me, I'm i a host locked on 49ers and I've got <laughs> all angles coming uh with with listeners and and takes from everybody about what's going on with this team. They do have to regroup because they're not stopping the run well, which is a thing yeah, this team's yeah. always done really well. You do have a new defensive coordinator. One thing that's interesting with the 49ers is Steve Wilkes is actually learning the 49ers defense. And that was one of the things right. that uh, you know, Fangio was was uh, around the team last year in a consultant role. A lot of people thought Fangio was going to become the defense coordinator, but Kyle Shanahan wanted to run the same defense. And Steve Wilkes said, "Okay, I'll run your scheme that you've already had." So, in a lot of ways, Kyle Shanahan's the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator, and Wilkes is calling plays for the scheme that wasn't really his that he brought in. And he even mentioned it last week that he's still trying to figure out what that is. So, I think the bye week will definitely help for Brock Purdy, resting his brain if if concussion. You know, he's in, you hate seeing. You've gone through this with, with Pickett in in uh, Pittsburgh. We saw Tua last year. You, you don't want those those hits in the head start to stack up because that can oh, really no. reel an entire season, right? So, a week off is really good for Brock Purdy and the 49ers. Structurally, coaches getting together, figuring this thing out, and uh, they're too talented to play like they did the last three weeks. And the Bengals were too talented to play like they did the first three weeks, right? And so, if you watched the beginning of the season, you'd think about the Bengals what now you think about the 49ers. And if you watched, just these last few weeks, you would think about what the the Bengals uh, now, like what you thought, thought about the 49ers at the beginning of the season. The Niners look invincible. They're number one in everybody's power rankings after five weeks. So I think it's just you got to take the long view. Know there's ups and downs. And I think both these teams are playoff teams. And they're going to be in it in the end. Uh, but they both are playing different levels of football right now is what it looked like on Sunday.
1: So there's a newer site out there, Sumer Sports, S-U-M-E-R Sports, all one word. And it is uh, a former GM, a dude that went over from Pro Football Focus, very analytically based. And it's funny because I got an email from them. I just signed up for their newsletter for free and I, I got an email from them right before we hit record and it highlights a few of the, the biggest games. And I went and I you know, looked at the Niners stuff and I'm not saying they deserve to win this game, but in terms of success rate they were in the 90th percentile yards per play 8.2 they were in the 98th percentile explosive play rate 99th percentile I'm talking about the Niners like the offense was quite good (laughs) you know
0: yeah and and they still have playmakers even you know it does it does hurt them to be without Trent Williams and without Debo Samuel which has been a constant the last couple of weeks but they still have more talent than a lot of teams even without those guys and so you can't look at that only and there, there's some success happening which is why you, you shouldn't be jumping off any bridges if you're a 49ers fan and, uh and know that they're gonna they're gonna get this back on track I think and um yeah it's just a it's just the nature of the NFL you're, you're just never gonna roll through and win 17 straight games you know it doesn't happen and so um yeah good time for a bye week I think for the 49ers here and, and the Bengals are right where they need to be four and three and they're in the hunt. I would say 29
1: other teams have bigger problems than the Niners right now. I'm not sure the yep. Bengals are one of them, though, all
0: of a sudden. <laughs> How about this, though? Don't look now. The first place Seattle Seahawks at 5-2 and two just leapfrogged the 49ers in the West, by the way, with a 24-20 win over the Cleveland Browns.
1: I'm impressed. I mean, uh, this goes back to last year and, and Pete Carroll – I mean, it seems like a long time ago, but we laughed at this team when they said, we're either going to start Drew Locke or Geno Smith. And I'm like, oh, you're going to get the first pick the draft. <laughs> yeah. And now, you know, they were super competitive. They've built on that. I still think Geno's an up and down player, but, you know, they have weapons. They played against a really good defense and came back and won it in the end. I didn't think P.J. Walker was terrible. I mean, I think the Browns are still competitive, but they're probably not going anywhere,
0: you know, PJ Walker has an incredible ability to put up a really ugly stat line, but like, it doesn't look that bad to the, especially one of these ugly games. They both, both quarterbacks threw two interceptions. And so a lot of defense happening as well. There's the guys on the other side are being paid. um, But if the Brown, the Browns defense is, is legit. And they're, they're a good unit, but they're going to have to get some kind of offensive firepower going here. And maybe that's what they're going to be doing in the next 24 hours at the trade deadline to help them get through the rest of the season and uh, and hopefully get some good quarterback play from whoever it is, you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson or PJ Walker, or, you know, for them, they're hoping it's going to be Deshaun Watson and he'll be back and, and playing at that level.
1: Yeah. And Seattle had more explosive plays, but this was kind of, you know, look, just, you know, scrolling through the stats. I mean, the Browns had the ball for well over 36 minutes. That has to be their formula to win. And if you can't win the game in that fashion, you wonder if you can beat good teams.
0: Right. Yeah, it'll be a tough go. It'll, it it yeah, definitely yeah. will be. It'll be two steps forward, one step back for the Browns if they uh Exactly. They, because it's the game script they want, right? It was. Ran the ball pretty well, you know, right. But good job. See, I mean, see Seahawks are just that team. That team they were last year for the most part, right? Um maybe go better. Yeah. Maybe Gino not playing to the level of the first half, but that team in the second half, right? They're a playoff team. Uh, and 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 they can beat just about anybody, depending on on the game. I don't think they're scary coming into town, but but they're pretty good in a lot of places. So yeah, fun team there in Seattle. By the way, looked even better in those old retro uniforms.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, reaping the benefits of the Wilson trade, though. All these young—I know they're not all from the trade, but Charbonnet, Smith, Najeeba, the, the tackles, you know, the corners, like all these young guys are should give you a lot of hope in Seattle.
0: All right, we'll run through the rest of these, including the Denver Broncos knocking off the Kansas City Chiefs next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson brought to you by DoorDash. And when I think of football, I think of food. And of course, it's so easy to get whatever you need, whatever you want during the game. It hits halftime. You're like, oh, yeah, I need myself a spread. So. You hit all of your favorite restaurants locally, even stores, retail, grocery, whatever it is. They're all in the DoorDash app, and you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. Uh, for me, I love ordering from my local spot that does sourdough crust uh, pizza, and I can get it anytime I want. I love it; it's perfect for a ball game, and um, no doubt, uh, you can find all of your local favorites for you as well, and you can get. off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, subject to change terms, apply chips, dip, nachos, everything you need to make your own DoorDash, uh, your own game special with DoorDash. If it's just for you or it's for uh, a whole group of people or getting ready for that sort of tailgate uh, or whatever it is you're doing, of course, groceries to, to cook your own. Again, don't forget, that's Lock 23, 50% off, up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more subject to change terms apply. We talk a lot about football. What do we really know about these teams? Denver Broncos (laughs) were the worst team in the NFL. They were 32 out of 32 a couple weeks ago. 49ers were 1 out of 32. And both those teams flipping the script the last couple of weeks. The Denver Broncos on a winning streak right now, including beating division rival Kansas City Chiefs, who fall to six and two. The Broncos now three and five, 24 to nine. It wasn't even close, Matt. No, they
1: controlled the game. And the easy narrative, and I do believe it to be true, was Mahomes was a shell of himself. I mean, he played with a, a major illness of some sort. But he was out there and, They didn't play particularly well. Um, Quick AFC note, and this doesn't sound like it's all that, you know, revolutionary, but every team now, even with the Raiders tonight, it has between two and six wins and between or between two and six losses. You know, like it's not that far from the worst teams in the AFC to the best teams. I mean... If you're sitting there with four wins, you're like, "No, I could go either way. Yeah. You know I mean? We're at the Halloween now and everyone's between two and six and two and six,
0: including but Denver. I, are close yeah. to the playoffs as they are the number one pick in the draft.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where it's going. You know, like these bad teams, all of a sudden, you know, Houston looked like they were going to be really exciting. Now they're in trouble. Denver looked like they were going to get the first pick in the draft and now they have a nice win. And, uh, this trade deadline is going to be so interesting for that manner, uh, matter, um, I don't know what takeaway from Kansas City. It's kind of like the Niner conversation we just had. Almost every team in the league would trade their problems for the Chiefs' problems right now. They'll be okay. But Denver played well. I mean, my biggest takeaway was, I wonder if Javante Williams is back. I mean, I loved him before his injury, like adored him for Dynasty. This was the first game I watched him run going, that's kind of the guy I remember.
0: Yeah, they rode him too, twenty-seven yeah, carry, yeah. eighty-five yards, only three point one yards per carry. But they treated him like the workhorse back that uh, you know everyone expected him to be. By the way, a couple of touchdown catches uh, in this one from Russell Wilson. He did throw three touchdown passes. He only completed twelve passes. Three of them were for touchdowns. He was twelve of nineteen because they ran the heck out of the ball with Javante Williams trying to preserve that early lead. Um, I and mean, five
1: turnovers. I mean, I, I buried the lead. Like I mean, this is a good story, but Kansas City turned the ball over five times and. I mean, just Denver only averaged 3.7 yards per play. It's not like, oh, they're going to be really, really right. good. I mean, <laughs> a lot of things went their way.
0: You know, but you where know? I was going is, uh, talking about trade deadline, Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sutton both caught touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. So it might have been the last little, uh, uh, you know. Great the, way to
1: showcase them here. It's right. you know, yeah.
0: for maybe their new teams. I think they both those guys are very available. And who knows? Maybe Sean Payton's kind of getting his program going. Maybe,
1: Denver. maybe, yeah.
0: All right, let's go to the uh, the battle of rookie quarterbacks. I can't believe that C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young was upstaged by Will Levis's debut, but it was by quite a big deal. But how about this? Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young getting their first victory. 15-13. Eddie Panero field goal uh, to to win it for a pretty ugly score. You could probably guess how that game went just by knowing it was a 15-13 game. Bryce Young getting the W and uh, the Panthers beating the Texans. One in six Panthers now.
1: Yeah, good for them. Uh, I mean, I, I'll be honest, this is probably one of the games I've seen the least of. couple takeaways were I thought Young played well, but was under a lot of pressure. He got sacked six times in this game. Uh, it's a minor note, but in the fantasy world, Miles Sanders doesn't really exist anymore. It's Chuba Hubbard's Chuba's backfield coming out of the mm-hmm. bye. Stroud's coming back to earth predictably a little bit. Um, you mentioned Levis to start the show. He was the seventh rookie quarterback to start already this year. And, you know, since some other guys have gotten, we're getting into that 69 starting quarterback situation again. It worries me. I just want to throw that out there you know, with, with yeah,
0: badging sure and those again. guys. Yeah. A Tyson Bagent, yeah. by the way, I guess we can go there and finish up the rookie quarterback portion. Uh, of the,
1: he came back there a little. Yeah. And
0: yeah, uh, he came back there. You kind of knew where that was going to go. He's, yes. he's not a, a starting level quarterback, but they might've find a, a long-term, you know, he's competitive guy, uh, c- clearly smart enough to be able to, to jump in as a rookie, as an undrafted guy, nothing expected of him at all to earn the backup job to Justin Fields, and then come in and start some games and even win a game. Uh, but the Chargers were just a better football team and, and, uh, you know, Herbert versus Bajin, it's about as uh, big a right. gap as you're going to find for, you know, a quarterback versus another quarterback here. 30 to 13 win for the Chargers over the Bears. The uh, three and four Chargers now had to have this win. We might have been talking about coaches getting fired if they didn't. They still need to string together a few more because this is one they had to win. And, and they did win. And the Bears predictably were, were not as good as the Chargers on the road. Two and six now for the Bears. And, and Tyson Bajan, I think we know who he is, but nice little story
1: yeah and maybe he we've seen this before you have a quick stint you end up playing 10 years and retire with a bunch of millions in the bank and hold a clipboard for 99 percent of those snaps and maybe he's that guy
0: be be a good be good in the meeting rooms and and have yourself uh, a nice backup NFL career and uh, as long as Justin Fields is still on the team and not traded then uh, you know he'll, he'll be the starter back again very soon when his thumbs all healed up um and I do. It is a reminder as well. We've seen like hot starts and teams going up and down. A very good chance Will Levis next week throws zero zero touchdowns and four interceptions. Like that's they that's the right. thing that happens in the NFL for young quarterbacks. So let's let's and like even the Brock Purdy stuff. Let's just sure. wait and and watch it all and then get the most information we can before we you know try to declare anybody whatever they're going to be for their career before they've even played sixteen games.
1: Levis actually comes here Thursday night, so. I mean, it'll be a decent defense and super short week. Like, that's not an easy, you know, thing to do from your second start. Um, right. only t- two little nuggets here for the Chargers. Eckler looks back. You know, we kind of talked about Javante Williams and what a good player Eckler is. I know he didn't run the ball that well, but just his presence on the offense. They keep losing pass receivers, and Eckler coming back is a shot in the arm for them. We know how important he is. And Herbert played extremely well after two down games. Yeah. And I know people brush off some injuries, but like it was his middle finger on his non throwing hand that he injured. But they were talking about on the broadcast last night. He, You know, they were like, yeah, I saw the bone and that was kind of cool but it hurt a lot like yeah and he's, he's playing talking a about football how, game with like an exposed bone like yeah and he's,
0: he's talking a about the past was falling off during past games and it stayed on <laughs> in this <game>. like, <laughs> yeah. you forget what these guys deal with to go to get exactly. out there and play sometimes some of the injuries there quentin johnston getting on the Mahomes home, home. home. herbert's
1: Her- a choker they need to move on they should have given them that money and maybe we should <laughs> ease up on them a little you yeah
0: know? yeah absolutely uh you <laughs> mentioned the Steelers there uh Kennedy. uh somebody I, I i wish i could quote the exact tweet I saw but it was really funny it was like the Steelers have this uncanny ability to play really ugly football games and so that's what Will Levis has to look forward to next week and that's what this was but uh, the Jaguars came out on top, they went into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers 20-10 to Yeah
1: and they lost Minka Fitzpatrick very early, Kenny Pickett got knocked out of the game, didn't play at all in the second half Um, Steelers offense is still a really really tough watch and my biggest takeaway is Jacksonville's pretty darn good. I mean, this is a five-game winning streak for them. ATN played – he left for like five minutes, but otherwise played like every snap. Their receivers are really good. This was a good Ingram game. They stuffed the run. They should be in the market maybe for a Chase Young or a Brian Burns. I mean, that's what I would be looking for if I were the Jags. But Lawrence was very impressive. Talking to some of my Steeler folks, we were kind of just – you know, yeah, Kenny Pickett's a first-round pick, but he's the 20th pick in the draft. And Lawrence is a first-round pick, but he's the first pick in the draft. And they're just not the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? You yeah. know, de- dealing with bad weather and you know pretty decent defenses, one guy is really far ahead of the other one.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Trevor's, Trevor Lawrence looking uh, looking good, really spreading yeah. the ball around. Travis Etienne even had a receiving touchdown in this game, but you know all him in the backfield. Ingram yes. ten catches for 88. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot more Calvin Ridley. It has turned out their offense has been Travis Etienne in in Jacksonville. So he's a
1: straw the straw the stir in the drink, no doubt. Yeah. And they got some good matchups on Ridley on the outside, and Kirk is actually really the number one receiver now. But then they mm-hmm. found a weakness with Ingram and just peppered him with targets in the second half. They're good.
0: They're good. Uh You know who's not good the Jets or the Giants. This was no. uh, some ugly football games, 13 to 10. And I was like, man, they might even bench Zach Wilson. And he comes back, leads them into a, a game-tying field goal, and then they get the ball and kick the game-winning field goal as well. So uh, 13 to 10. I don't even know what there else is to say about uh, the ugliness uh, in New York with the Jets and the Giants. This
1: week. I'm scanning the box score because I want to get the number correct. But, I mean, I heard some people today saying – Boy, Wilson played okay. He got a good win. I'm like, yeah, I don't think you saw any of the game. I mean, he was really bad. Was bad. Um, we had a DeVito in there for seven throws. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we just got a report
0: on DeVito.
1: <laughs> right. There's another rookie that might be playing. And magically, Daniel Jones gets cleared this morning. Like, I guess he'll be mm. fine. Yeah, But here, here's a couple little things from this, this game. I just want to make sure I got him right. Tyrod Taylor, four for seven for eight yards. Our boy DeVito, two for seven. For minus one yards. That was the quarterbacking for the uh oh, deep, yeah.
0: deep into that game, they had negative passing yards. It, yeah. was, it was unbelievable. And Saquon Barkley obviously is that entire offense right now with him back being healthy. 36 carries for 128
1: in that one. The number I really wanted to find, and I had to dig all the way down to the bottom box score 24 punts in this game.
0: Not scintillating football to watch
1: really bad. at all. Really bad. Three, um, then they might still be
0: playing. Uh, not much to say about the Cowboys just doing what they do um, uh, against a, a team. Like the, the Rams are the, re- can, can we put these together? So we don't have a lot of time left. The Rams yeah. are the reverse Philadelphia Eagles. The Rams hang around in the first half. And then both teams on the field realize in the second half, Oh, the Rams don't have as much talent as the other guys on the other side. And the other team walks away from them. And, and we saw a 43 to 20 win here for the Cowboys. Um, injured uh, Stafford as well in this game. So we'll see what the long-term prognosis is later this week for him. So 43-20 there, the Cowboys beat the Rams. And then on the other side of things, the exact opposite happened, which has kind of been the M.O. for the Eagles all year, letting teams hang around in the first half, and then they walk away in the second half. 21 fourth-quarter points for the Philadelphia Eagles to come back and beat the Washington Commanders 38-31.
1: Yeah. And we'll touch on these quick. Hopefully Stafford doesn't lead to Stetson Bennett, yet another rookie quarterback coming in and muddying things up. And I think their season is going to go and is going much like their games go where it started okay. And now we got a bunch of people on defense that really aren't NFL players and the world's going to know it. Um, Eagles win. They find a way. AJ Brown is out of this world, kind of mentioned him earlier, but how and the commanders had a very respectable performance I mean yeah. this was a good game by the commanders
0: New Orleans Saints back to 500 again uh they game beat by them the Colts too yeah. 20 or 38 27 Dolphins over the Patriots 31-17 uh showcasing that speed the Tyree kill ridiculous waddle really coming on now as well um had a touchdown catch in that one and last thing we haven't mentioned here and we'll wrap this up is the ravens did what they expected which was win over the cardinals 31 24 nice little uh three touchdowns from gus edwards for those that had to start him if Mm. uh i don't think they did because it wasn't a big bye week so there might have been a lot of people that had three touchdowns on their bench this week in fantasy man
1: yeah very well could be true um Not much to add there. The Cardinals made that one slightly interesting at the very end because they recovered an onside kick, but they really weren't close. Um, I think New Orleans is probably back to being the best team in a bad division. They put up numbers, a lot of Taysom Hill, but Indy's not bad either. I kind of have mutual respect for both those teams.
0: By the way, uh, Saab. Odell Beckham throwing a little tantrum on the sideline in a game that his team was winning, which was, it wasn't a great look. Um, zero catches for zero yards, targeted four times. I think he was mad because he wasn't he, – uh, it, was, it was actually a, a pass interference, I believe, a penalty, and he was mad because he didn't get credit for the catch, I think. Um,
1: I saw the play, and actually it was a – the D-back was in the air going for the ball, And end up drilling them like right in the gut. And the first blush, I'm like, wow, that's PI. And then when they showed it again, it was actually a really good call. But it looked like it hurt a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So maybe he was mad about getting hurt or mad about, uh, I don't know, but. Baltimore wins. They're looking good now, six and two. They're in great shape. Yeah. They're, they're a very good football team to be reckoned with. Okay. We got a Monday nighter. We'll get to tomorrow. It's the trade deadline as well. And we'll have it all broken down for you. Uh let us know what we missed from Sunday, what you want to hear about in our Wednesday mailbag as well. I'm sure there's going to be tons to talk about with injury updates and trades and all of that in this week's mailbag at BDPcock at Williamson NFL. Uh, drop a comment or a question on YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed there on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Matt and I back tomorrow. It's trade time. Peacock and Williamson.